Hello and welcome to another episode of Fun Kids Meet. It's Sean here and I'm joined by my very good friend Dan. Dan, how are we doing? Sean, thank you very much for having me, letting me chat to some incredible people. We've chatted to someone very interesting this week, uh, Mr. John Lomberg. Yeah, John is an artist and you know, Sean, how we're doing Mission Transmission at the moment. I do. Yeah, you'll have heard about this. We are sending <laughs> the very first radio show to space. It will travel on and on and on. Uh, it might be listened to, well, fingers crossed, it will be listened to by aliens. We don't know when. It might be four years. Maybe it's 40 years. Maybe 40 billion years. We don't know. But fingers crossed, it will be picked up by something extraterrestrial. Now, that's a radio show. Set, yeah, about like 50 years ago or so, back in 1977, John Lomberg did something very similar. Okay. He sent a golden record up to space. A golden record. Now, what's that? (laughs) So, you know, old school music listening on a vinyl record, something that you would pop, your your mum, dad, grand, granddad, and they put the needle and then it would play through songs. Uh, John Lundberg created a golden record and it was put on Voyager, which was a NASA mission where they just sent a probe into space, and it's going to travel forever and ever and ever. Um, They did this in 1977. On that record was loads of things about planet Earth, how we would introduce ourselves to aliens, loads of stuff like that. So we're essentially doing the futuristic new form of what John did many, many, many years ago. Exactly. And one of the first people we wanted to speak to when we uh, thought of Mission Transmission was John, because he could give us some tips as to what we needed to include I like on this. something that might be listened to by aliens one day. I mean, I, there are two, I think, on Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. Voyager 1 at the moment is 14 billion miles away from planet Earth. It's been travelling since 1977. That is amazing. Right, well, let's hear a little bit from John about the Golden Record. John Lomberg is an artist. He was involved in the creation of Voyager Golden Records, the Curiosity Sundial as well. He joins us today from Hawaii. John, thank you for being there. My pleasure, Dan. Now, you've been involved in Voyager Golden Records, the Curiosity Sundial. Without bogging us down with all of this, I mean, we can do this ourselves. Um, what, what, what was the purpose of Voyager Golden Records? How is it trying to explain us as humans on planet Earth, our position in the universe? There was a mission launched in 1977 called Voyager, which had two spacecraft, and their mission was to explore the outer solar system. But in the process of doing that, they were going to leave the solar system and never come back. So kind of as an afterthought, somebody said, well, suppose in the distant future, somebody else finds these spacecraft. They're not going to come back to Earth. They're not going to even orbit the sun. They're going to just go out into the galaxy and most likely drift forever between the stars. They probably never crash into anything. Uh, But maybe there are other beings that can travel between the stars and might find either of the spacecraft someday. So in case that happened, uh, NASA let us put together a, uh, a message in the form of a phonograph record, an old-style LP phonograph record that contained uh, music and sounds and pictures recorded in a complicated way, but we think a way aliens could figure out trying to give a picture of what the Earth was like. 
That wasn't the purpose of the Voyager mission. As I said, it was very much an afterthought. And it was, well, if they do find it and there isn't a message on it, they'd really be annoyed because if we found something like this, what we'd want to know is who made it. So the record is really kind of the, uh, the answer to the question of who made this spacecraft. You said there you, you put together things on a record in a way that you would think aliens can interpret it. Uh, how are you figuring that out? I mean, aliens, by definition, are something completely different to us. How do we know if they understand binary code and different pulse rates? Talking to aliens is hard because we've never done it. <laughs> and the few times we've had a chance to try to do it here on Earth, like dolphins or whales, who we're sure communicate in very complicated ways, but we really haven't been able to figure out their communication system. So it's a very good question. Maybe there are aliens, but how could we possibly hope to communicate with them? And I think the answer is that if they're alien dolphins, they'll be as hard to communicate with as our dolphins. But if they're in spacecraft, they have to think like us insofar as building spaceships, and that's hard to do. And as far as we know, it takes science and engineering and mathematics and technology to do it. So whatever they're like, if they're going to be in space and able to find these records, find these Voyager spacecraft, then they're good at technology. They're good at engineering. And I think they're good at figuring out mechanical things. And because we've given a, a series of playing instructions on the box that the record is in, and we've even supplied the needle, just like in an old style LP, you needed a needle to play it. Well, we've given them that needle and showed them how you put it on the record. The rest is really up to them. And uh, we'll never know if they could figure out, but starting with the fact that we share science and technology and the same physics that govern our universe, the same physical laws that make things work here, will be the same everywhere. We know they're the same everywhere. So aliens have to learn those same laws that we do. They have to study the same, you know, the same physics that we do. Just lastly on Voyager Golden Records, how on earth did you decide or help to decide what was going to go in the package, the record that you sent up to space. How were you trying to take all of humankind and human culture and put it in a little package that an alien might be interested in? Where did you start with that? You can't describe the earth in a hundred pictures, which is about what we had. You can't describe the earth in a thousand pictures, maybe not in a million pictures, but part of the art of it is trying to find those things that really suggest the important things about the earth. And I bet if you ask any of your listeners to make a list of what 10 things would you want to show or what 20 things would you want to show in describing the earth, I bet you'd find that people said the same things. You want to show mountains, you want to show oceans, you want to show animals, you want to show cities. What to show was actually fairly easy to come up with. How to show it was harder because you have to remember you were showing it to something that was intelligent but had never seen anything like it before. They didn't know what they were looking at. So my job was to try to think like an alien. My job was to pretend that I had never been to Earth. Maybe I'd been to other planets. And you start to think, well, what, does other, what do other planets have that we have? Well, we know 
from studying the other planets in our solar system that other planets have mountains. So mountains would be very easy for aliens to recognize. They'll probably have seen mountains before. I tried to find pictures of things that would be presented in a way that was easy as possible for an alien to understand as far as I could guess, pretending to be an alien myself. Is it right, does the record, does your part of the work, does it have a, an estimated lifespan of a billion years? So, I mean, something that you've helped to create could be the longest lasting work of human art ever. That's one of the amazing numbers involved with this project. The other number is we had six weeks to put it all together. It was hard. So you've been kind enough to just give us some tips and advice. This February, we are doing our own mission, mission transmission. We are sending our love letter to space. We're not sticking it on the back of a, a, vo a Voyager that's just going to travel endlessly through the, uh, through the universe. We are doing it. We're beaming it from here on Earth. In your opinion, what do you think would be the best way to communicate who we are here on Earth? through sound that aliens might understand. I might need you to pretend to be an alien again, John, if that's okay. What do you think? Well, one of the things that we thought on Voyager was that music is something that there are many reasons for thinking that aliens might have music and might like music. And even that that music might be similar enough to ours that they could understand it and like it. And the main, the main reason for that is that a lot of things about music are based on the physics of how sound works. When a guitar string vibrates, uh, you have these harmonics and overtones, the series of notes that the string makes. That's the same anywhere in the universe, if you vibrate a string. And a lot of our, the way we harmonize and the way we make music is based on things like those intervals from a vibrating string. So music isn't something completely arbitrary, at least human music, acoustic music. And the way we try to pattern the music, that may be unique to us. Will they like our, our patterns? They won't understand our lyrics, that's for sure. But I think music is, a, is, is one way to, to communicate. What's an important message, do you think, to send it to the aliens if we were going to go along the lines of speech if we were going to hope that these aliens are intelligent enough that they can figure out and translate different words from all around the universe from different beings what do you think in the year 2022 is an important message to send to these aliens about the state of things now our place in the universe with words the big difference between 1977 when we made the Voyager record and now is I think most people are now have a much more concerned view of the world and the state of the world and the future. I think that when we made the record, we had a much more positive outlook on how the future was going to be. And that positivity was reflected in the fact that one of the things that we did not show in our message was any of the bad stuff from Earth. No war, no poverty, no disease, no injustice. But beyond that, the idea that in, in contacting somebody, think of it like uh, 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 you're looking to meet a friend. You don't start with what's worst about you. You try to lead, you know, put your best foot forward. So the idea was that our greeting, if we were presenting a picture of Earth, let's be positive. Let's present Earth on a good day.
and some of the best of what we do, nothing of the worst of what we do. But I think now, if you ask most people, I would think that a message about Earth that didn't mention our big problems would be somehow dishonest and incomplete. Uh, everybody knows about the, the threats we face by climate change and other th threats from species extinction and many other uh, perils that some of which we've brought on to ourselves. And our management of the planet is in trouble. Uh, so if I could contact aliens, I might say, can you help us? You know, and again, it's kind of like a prayer for help, but our planet desperately needs help. So I think I'd want to do one of two things, either do what we did in Voyager and try to present. We're very flawed and we make a lot of mistakes and we do a lot of terrible things, but we do some wonderful things, too. So here are some of our best and wonderful things. Remember us for that. That's what we did on Voyager. But the other approach to be to say, I'm a person in this world and this world is in trouble and uh, base your message coming from that perspective. Lastly, if your work on Voyager is due to float across the universe for a billion years or so, do you expect it to ever reach an alien life form and be interpreted? Nobody knows how abundant alien life forms are. Nobody knows how many spaceships there are. The more they are, the more likely they'll find Voyager, one of the Voyagers, and there are two of them. But I think anybody would say that it seems like it's a bottle in the ocean. You know, people throw bottles in the ocean and most of them are never found. But sometimes they are. Occasionally they are found. So you always hope. But even if they're not found, the fact that something that we made that has some of the best of our music and some of our most beautiful scenes on Earth, that that will survive kind of bearing witness that we were here even if it's never found, that's almost more thrilling. The thousands and millions and billions and maybe even trillions of years from now, you know, something that came from Earth in the 20th century is still there. That's amazing. John, we can leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Dan. Big thanks to John Lomberg for chatting to us about his golden record and how he set into space. That has got to be some inspiration for us for Mission Transmission, right? Uh, well, I think so. I just it's If you were introducing yourself to an alien who had no concept, no idea about planet Earth, what would you say? What would you tell them? Would you, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're thinking a lot about the environment at the moment. Would you ask for their help? Maybe they yeah. can help out with the climate crisis. I... I was listening to some of the um, the voices that we've been sent through, some, some incredible suggestions that have been sent over to us at funkidslive.com. And uh, someone wanted them to make a brand new jam because they were bored of strawberry <laughs> and raspberry jam. So we're getting everything. But you need to remember, so this is 14 billion miles away from planet Earth right now, the golden yeah. record. When we send our radio show to space, the, fir the first time it'll hit the nearest star to us, so something that's not in our direct solar system will be in four years time. Wow. So, so our radio show is going to take four years to get to that star. Who knows? Maybe it will be heard by an alien there, but then if they want to get back to us, unless they've got some incredible technology that we don't know about, it's going to take another four years. So it might be eight <laughs> years before we ever know if it's anyone's listened to it. But I mean, I, I would trust that anyone who's, who's out there could be, be picking up these radio signals, 
even quicker using their super amazing advanced technology. So it could be quicker. Well, could hope, be quicker. Hopefully, hopefully the, so. <laughs> the universal speed limit that we know of is the speed of light. Um, we don't know of anything else, but these are aliens. And I don't know when I've seen. Yeah. They might not be playing by no universal rules. They, 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 they do their own extraterrestrial thing, don't they? So I'm very excited. So definitely come and over to the Fun Kids website, funkidslive.com, and tell us what you're passionate about. We want to hear from you so your voices can be part of our radio show that we're sending into space, the first ever radio show that's being sent into space, Mission Transmission. Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Sean. And big thanks to John too. And if you want to listen to more excellent and exciting people, make sure you subscribe and follow the Fun Kids Meets podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.